0: Everyone, and welcome to the Right Authority Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Carr Sr., also known as DKCOG. What is the Right Authority Podcast? We are building an intelligent agenda. We are building an intelligent agenda for the purpose of moving African and indigenous people living in the United States of America to empower themselves and their communities. Our goal is to dismantle white supremacy. Until one understands white supremacy, what it is and how it works, anything, and everything else that you understand will only confuse you that is a quote by Nilly fuller jr what's going on here in kansas city as this is uh wednesday um uh, december 29th uh, it's a, currently about 30 degrees uh cloudy it's getting cold it's getting to december in Kansas City. It's getting to that time of year. We're getting there. So the weather's beginning to change, and uh, everything, as far as I'm concerned, going into the new year and January is uh, weather wise about normal. So I'm uh, not really looking forward to the cold weather, but it is what it is. Let's get on into tonight's topic. Um, if you remember or if you heard my last podcast, I spotlighted uh, Lori Besmanov and how to brainwash a nation in four steps. Tonight we will look at the first step of his process. And that first step is demoralizing a nation which Be- Be- Besmanov stated it would take several generations to accomplish as it is done through education, economics, labor, electoral, politics, uh, religion, law, sex, media, health, celebrity, culture, and more. Uh, Besmanov mentioned education and social division slash civil rights and politics. So tonight we're going to look or we're going to start by looking at those two things, education And then we'll take a look at the division, uh, especially uh, caused by electoral politics. So, before we start, um, I want you guys to understand that you might suffer a little cognitive dissonance from the information you're getting ready to receive. But the first thing I'm gonna do, just so everyone remembers, or if you didn't get a chance to hear uh, my last podcast, uh, here's uh, Besmanoff uh, breaking down demoralization of a nation. To change
1: the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information No one is able to come to sensible conclusions. True information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, Even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he he is going to receive a kick in in his fat bottom. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already uh, for the last 25 years. Actually, it's over fulfilled because demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even comrade Andropov and and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success.
0: That was Yuri again breaking down the first stage of his four-step process to brainwash a nation demoralization and as he describes it's done in a way that when true information is being presented to a person or a group of people or a country that has been demoralized, that they will not accept the truth. Even if you can take them and show them the truth, they will not accept it. Uh, that is what I call, or the very definition to me, of cognitive dissonance. So understand that he is saying, and if you heard the podcast with uh, the full uh, interview uh, with uh, Vesmanov, you would have heard him say that it takes a period of time for this to happen. And the best way for that to happen is to do it through the generations, through the children. And what you do is you change the education system and the social system so that uh, they slowly start to become demoralized and anything and everything goes, which is where we are in our current society. Now, I'm going to introduce you guys to Charlotte Isabet. Isabet is is her name. Charlotte -er Isabet. Now, this lady is what you would call an insider. Why is she an insider? Well, she was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1930 and and attended Dana Hall Preparatory School and Katherine Gibbs College in New York City where she studied business. Her father, And grandfather were both Yale University graduates, and according to Uh, Miss Isabet herself, are members of the secret society Skull and Bones. Now, the reason why Charlotte Isabet is an insider. Is she was the senior policy advisor in the office of education research and improvement that's O E R I in the US Department of Education during the first term of US President Ronald Reagan now you got to remember that Yuri is laying this out in his interview in 1985 1985 is the start of Reagan Bush's second term okay now her interview that you're gonna hear in a little bit where I have uh, was able to obtain some sound bites her interview was done in 2005 okay so I want you guys to match these timelines up now do keep in mind that she was in the Office of Educational Research and Improvement in the U.S. Department of Education during the first term of Ronald Reagan. That would put her in there from 1980 to 1985. That would be Reagan's first term. Yuri Bezanoff recorded this message to the US public in 1985. Are you beginning to connect the dots? Now stay with me. Elizabeth later became um, across a federally funded grant entitled Better Education Skills Through Technology. It was called Project BEST, part of which was headed What we, the U.S. Department of Education, can control and manipulate at the local level. After finding this document, she leaked the document to Human Events, which was a uh, newspaper in the area. She was removed from her post with the Department of Education after she leaked it. She was later served she later served as a staff employee of the US Department of State and South Africa, Belgium, and South Korea. Uh, so her claim to fame is she was a whistleblower about the Project Best program. And I have a little sound bite from uh, Charlotte Isabit. And I want you guys to listen to this. Now, keep in mind, she is an insider. Keep that in mind. Stay with me.
2: And the publisher was Follett. And right in the beginning, the teacher was, it was the teacher's manual was basically telling a teacher what she should be doing with this particular global education course and it said right there that it was humanistic philosophy and anybody who knows what the humanist manifesto is, a lot of people don't know they think humanism is a good, wonderful thing humane, you know, we'll be nice to our neighbors and you love everybody they have no idea that the humanist manifesto is the plan the total international takeover atheistic control plan for the U.S. That's what it is. And anything goes tolerance of everything, no matter what, no religion, no sovereignty, world government, get rid of the military, get rid of You know, it's just a, it's a basic agenda. And uh, it's been around for a long time, and major assigners were uh, B.F. Skinner, who's, you know, I could make a pigeon a high achiever by reinforcing it on a proper schedule, which is the method being used in the schools across the board now being used in our communities now. You do a good deeds. The police, community oriented policing system gives you a little medal uh, from parents calling you and say, we can't understand why on earth are they putting in the comprehensive health education and in this community because we don't have any pregnancies. We don't have we don't even have problems with the kids drinking or drugs or anything. Why are they putting it here? And I said, Because you don't the goal is to get you to have the problem, and when they can crash the morals and values, and they can crash the academics, then they can impose the totalitarian system, which is George Bush is putting in right now. Clinton before, Bush Senior before Reagan before Carter before uh, whoever uh, Nixon. Uh, they've all been in it. I mean, you only pre World War I Uh, We have had, every single president has had the same agenda. Might as well make that clear. Uh, I mean, sometimes the end of an interview comes and the guy will say, well, do you have anything you want to say? I say, yeah, there's only one thing you have to remember when you go home, and this is easy. There isn't any difference between the Republican and the Democratic parties at the top. There isn't any difference between the Republican and the Democratic parties. At the top and this has been planned ever since the late 1800s uh, in the late 1800s when the financial elite got together and they said if we're going to have this international system we're going to have to control both parties at the top so that when the voters go to the polls uh, they'll pull the thing and they won't know that it doesn't make any difference who they vote for they're going to get that they won't know that and that's the most important thing for America's to remember right now. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, people thought that George Bush was gonna be a good Christian conservative I mean, They should have known better. They should have known that he's he's not far from his father or his grandfather, but they didn't want to listen. I mean, if I said that, they'd say, oh, you know, again, you know, we're th- conspiracy, it's another subject. Of course it's conspiracy, it's the only country in the world that doesn't accept the idea of conspiracy. The only country in the world. Now, I've lived all over the world. All other foreigners and people, and I don't care, you know, you've you traveled enough. There's never been anything that happened in this world politically that wasn't a conspiracy. From academics to total brainwashing and the Soviet polytech system, school to work. Cuban system, German system, where the children have absolutely no choice in their future occupation. They start training them, you know, in third, fourth grade for what they're going to be. The agreement is made between industry and government. That's the Soviet system if people don't know it. Uh, of course, they don't have uh, free enterprise industry, but they have industry. And that's part of the Soviet plan, plan, right, platform. And the same thing here now it's with partnerships. To see where the values were. Put them through the program, ask them all about mom and dad, what goes on at home, uh, what's this, what's that, all to do with their behavior and attitudes. And after the the program's finished, post-test to see if it worked. That is going on day in and day out in the American public school system. And when parents and whoever hear about test scores, assessment, et cetera, don't think that's traditional academics. It isn't. The mandated final test, which came out of my office as well, the National Assessment for Education Progress, is 60% politically correct. So when you hear that your children in your state haven't done well on it, maybe you should say, I'd like to see the test, rather than just assuming that anything coming out of the United States Department of Education is anything other than plain evil. And when parents and whoever hear about test scores, assessment, etc., don't think that's traditional academics. It isn't. The mandated federal test, which came out of my office as well, the National Assessment for Education Progress, is 60% politically correct. So when you hear that your children in your state haven't done well on it, maybe you should say, I'd like to see the test, rather than just assuming that anything coming out of the United States Department of Education is anything other than plain evil—it's a Marxist factory. It's a Marxist factory. Button pushing people. Period. That's it. And so, anyway, we'll go back to the, it's the frog. Okay, It's gradualism and morality too. It just keep, we just keep—we keep falling off the cliff more and more and more with the values clarification, but we're getting into that. The next thing, what's called the dialectic. The next thing, the dialectic is. You have uh, the thesis and the antithesis and the synthesis in the middle. The thesis is it's wrong to steal, the antithesis is okay. Okay, you keep talking about it, have all these meetings in our communities, you know, get the community involved, we're going to discuss this stuff together, and you'll end up, you know, well, let's say it's wrong to steal drugs for your sick mother. It's wrong. No, after all the discussion, you come to the middle. It's okay sometimes. Because she's sick. She's gonna die. So you can steal when she's gonna die, huh? Okay. So you've moved you keep moving closer and closer, you finally fall right off the cliff, you have no morals left at all. And this could apply to homosexuality or fall right off the cliff, you have no morals left at all. And this could apply to homosexuality or, or murder or anything. I mean look if you if you have a father that you don't like who's been beating you up ever since you were two years old or, or or other things, whatever, uh, you know really I'm sure that you really think it's okay to kill it. You can justify that in your mind. And that is what has happened to all of the sick character education, values education programs in this country which try to, to uh base their curriculum uh on on uh, character education. uh, to base it on a system that uh, has no relationship whatsoever to Christianity. Right. You can't do it. It doesn't work. And we have all these children, these sad kids running around in trouble. Even if they're not in trouble, look at their faces. They're tragic. They can't read. They can't write. They can't talk. They can't smile. So we've done that. Okay. So then you...
0: Again, that is Charlotte, uh, Elizabeth, uh, former, um, researcher and, um, I believe I said she was a researcher and and something else with the U.S. Department of Education in the, uh, Reagan-Bush first term in office. So, this woman is an insider. She also said that her, also said that Miss Elizabeth's father and grandfather are members of Skull and Bones. Okay. Well, Prescott Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, and George W. Bush are all graduates of Yale University and all are with skull and bones. Here's a little news flash for you. The 2004 election, we know this election was rigged. Why was the 2004 election rigged? Okay, if, for those who don't remember the 2004 election, John Kerry ran against George W. Bush. If you remember, that was after the fiasco that happened in the 2000 election, where the Supreme Court crowned King George W. To be the president. If you don't know about that, that's another podcast. I can get to that to you another time. But check that. Check out what I just told you. Prescott Bush is the grandfather of George W. Bush. Y'all know about George Herbert Walker Bush. That's George W.'s pappy. Okay, all of them, skull and bones. Okay, keep in mind, this lady is an insider. She's connected through her father. If you're not familiar with skull and bones, Google it. Now, we're going to go ahead and, and, and take a look at education here. And we're gonna take a look at education. First of all, we're gonna have the uh, great John Henry Clark and Dr. Amos Wilson. And before I even go any farther, if you do not know who Dr. John Henry Clark or if you're not familiar with Dr. Amos Wilson, would you please hit the pause button on this podcast, Google them, learn who these two great men are. Dr. Uh, Clark was an educator and a lecturer, and Dr. Amos Wilson was a psychologist, trained psychologist. Okay? You're gonna hear from both these gentlemen in just a few minutes. And again, if you're not familiar with these two gentlemen, please hit pause, Google them, so that you understand the content and the context from which these men are speaking. So first up is uh, the great Dr. John Henry Clark. Be right back with you.
3: Good evening, Doctor. I would like you to respond to the situation, the failure as I see it, of the public school systems as far as aiding our youth. And what do you have to say about uh, maybe an approach to that particular problem? The public school system
4: is not an educational institution. You must distinguish between education and training. You can train a dog, you can train a seal. But once the dog learns how to think, he will bite you and get away. But if you train him to jump through loops, he will jump through loops when you tell him to jump through loops. Education in New York City and most of this country is a multi-million dollar industry. It is about the control of that industry and the control of the mind of people who enter that industry. How can you expect powerful people to give you the training, give you the education that will make you take their power away from them? So therefore, education for you in the public school is a contradiction in turn because if you were educated You'd be the masters of yourself, instead of falling behind someone else to lead you, you would lead yourself.
0: Again, that is the great John Henry Clark. And in that quick two minutes, he said a mouthful there, and I'm quite sure you will agree with that. Uh, Just to hit on a couple of things real quick so that you understand. He is telling you, educational system, the way it's set up in the United States, is only designed to produce workers. It's not designed to develop the mind of our children, Okay, This is the public education system. Now, if you notice one of the things I said about Charlotte uh, uh, Elizabeth is that she was uh, educated in private schools. the, uh, I believe it was the uh, Catherine Griggs College, which is a private institution, and the high school or her preparatory was done also in a private institution. Uh, If you don't understand the process for those who are on that level, uh, and when I say on that level, you are connected through government, uh, through finance, through, education or whatever to where uh, you are now being sought and employed by this government, then you are on a level where you have some inside information. Every congressman will tell you that. You have now received some inside information. Now, Charlotte, because her family She's well-educated, so she understands the educational process. That's what I'm getting at here. I don't want to lose that thought. She was educated in private institutions, so she understands what real education is. Now, for the rest of y'all, remember they said they wanted to control the education down at the local level. Okay, that's the whole goal of the U.S. Department of Education, uh, particularly as it pertains to Project BEST. Now, to tie this whole thing together, he's also saying it is an industry. They have figured out they can make all this money off. Because you see, you gotta understand, they buy their books from each other. They put. They, they pay uh, their people for history books, their people for math books, English books, the whole works. Who's going to build the building? Who's going to maintain the building? Who's going to staff the building? Okay, that's a industry and they understand that. Now you have black children and now Asian children, um, uh, Hispanic children or Latinx children, as they say now. You have all these different children that's in the school system. Their real purpose, if you are sending your kids, and Dr. Uh, Wilson's going to come up and give you a little bit more on that, but their real purpose of doing that is to prepare you to go into the workforce. So with that said, uh, uh, two more things on Dr. Kowak, what he said about power. When you, edu- when you are educated, you have enough sense to say, why am I working for this guy when I can do this myself? And you start to create things for yourself. That's what he's talking about, power. And the master of self is also what he is referring to. So with that said, let's go ahead and check in with Dr. Amos Wilson, and I'll be right back with you on the other side. not having advantages do not
5: need to get the same education because you're not being educated for the same reason. You're being educated to remove that advantage. You're being educated to feed your starving children. You're being educated to benefit from the wealth that is being stolen from the lands of your ancestors. You're being educated to benefit from the wealth that you create here as a people. That means that our children must be reared to undertake their destiny and to undertake the task that lie before them. The problems that white children have to solve are not those that white children have to solve. Education is defined in terms of the problems people must solve. When you go to white schools, you are learning to solve white folks' problems. You are learning to solve white folks' problems. That's why you can work better for them and solve their problems better than you can your own. That's why despite like the fact that you may have an MBA degree or business administration degree, you own virtually no businesses and you administer nothing belonging to yourself and you have no control over anything economically. In fact, the more degrees you've gotten, the more other people have taken your businesses from you and your, your neighborhoods. Which means you are being educated for servitude. Which means you are being educated for servitude. So the highest highest educated black is in the same position as the lowest one, and that is, they're being educated or not educated in service to white power. Intelligence, we are not even intelligent. Black people are made stupid by the education that they get. And the more education we get, the more stupid we become. And the more education we get, the more stupid we become. Yes, I know this is hard for but we have to deal with the reality. We are literally educated into doubt. We are literally educated into dumbness. We call being intelligent high scores on the SAT, high, uh, high grades at Harvard and Yale, how much we uh, created for IBM and how much we created for AT&T. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with intelligence at all. You let other people define intelligence for you in such a way that it also means maintaining them in knowledge. The ultimate value of intelligence, the ultimate point of intelligence, is to solve one's own problem. Is to solve one's
0: own problem. Again, that is the Dr. Amos Wilson. And as you heard him say... The purpose of an education is to solve one's own problems. Um, it was interesting, and, and you guys know it's true, because we uh, work for these uh, white corporations, and we do rise in the ranks. We become VP and, and uh, you know uh, executive vice president and things like that. We become department heads and and things of that nature. Uh, And what we don't understand is, is that everything we develop while we're working for that corporation becomes the property, the intellectual property of the corporation. Now, I have heard people who have just boasted out loud about how black inventors uh, have come up with technology and they want everybody to understand that this black person invented it but he invented it for a white corporation who's going to reap the benefits of it because the person who invented let's say the guy that invented the cell phone and the system of uh, cell towers that would allow the signal to bounce from tower to tower to tower effortlessly. This guy does all this work. Black guys, by the way, If if you don't believe me, just go Google it. The guy that invented the cell phone battery that made it last, the lithium battery, I believe is what it's called or if not the one that's in your cell phone, he invented that battery to allow it to, to run up to eight hours on a cell phone. He, uh, uh, there was another brother who invented the towers, and I think these are one and the same. He also invented the towers that would allow the signal to bounce from tower to tower so that you never lose your cell signal. Now, this is all beautiful. Beautiful technology, but it was the company that he was working for that reaped the benefits. Now, if you know of a black-owned cell phone battery producing company, please uh, hit me up and let me know. Or if you know of a black-owned company that pretty much erect cell phone towers and connect them as part of the grid, uh, please let me know and correct me. But uh, as you can conclude, what Dr. Amos Wilson is saying is that the way we are educated, we are educated into servitude. And that's the whole point he's trying to deliver here. Now that's the wrap up on the first phase of how to demoralize a a nation. They've done it first and foremost through the educational system. Now, I have shown you that through two scholars, well, actually three scholars who all are saying the same things, except one of the scholars is an insider. She actually worked within the government and her family is connected through skull and bones to uh, two presidents. Now, what I was starting to say about the 2004 election, if you don't remember that, go check that out. You'll find out that John Kerry ran uh, against uh, George W. Bush. Uh, If you do a little research, you will also find out that John Kerry is also from Yale University and is stolen bones. Now, you want to talk about rig, And which brings me around to the social economic politics and civil rights and how it was used to divide america now the civil rights movement if you were if you ever seen it uh, i know a lot of these youngsters aren't old enough to know anything about the civil rights movement but if you go in and do your research on youtube whatever google it you'll see that there was a lot of resistance to the civil rights movement uh, for whatever reason, uh, the resistance—resists uh, the re- resistance in the South was fierce, physical, demeaning, very, very fierce. They did not want the Southern way of life to be upset. So it it drew this division that has been passed down now from generation to generation, because what you're hearing today in the media, Rittenhouse and other uh, young uh, mercenaries that are out there now, if you look at all these school shootings and things like that, the recent shooting in Colorado, and they said this guy had extremist views and they were aware of him and his experience extremist views, but they didn't stop him from killing, but anyway, let me get off of that. Here's where I'm going with all this. With the Trump campaign and Trump saying that the election was rigged, it convinced a lot of his supporters that the election was rigged. What they don't understand, you heard what Charlotte uh, Isabet said, that at the top, there's no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. At the, that means the president, y'all. That means the White House. There's no difference, same agenda, okay? So all that stuff that they're pouring into Trump, they don't understand. The game is rigged. Trump was telling you the truth. The election probably was rigged. I just pointed to another rigged election in 2004 with John Kerry running against uh, George uh, W. Bush, both being from secret organization. How do we know what was arranged since they both belong to the same secret organization? How do we know? My bet is there was some communication between the two. They knew this was going to happen and they knew this was the way they were going to control the White House. Carry a Democrat, Bush a Republican, both skull and bone. Y'all think about that for a second. Now, what I'm going to do is I got another clip for you that I'm going to play real quick. And it shows the division that he, that he, uh, that, uh, uh Besmanoff was talking about in the demoralization process. And if you go back in here the interview, he tells you that it had already begun to take effect during the 14 years that he was in this area, the United States of America. It had he had already seen it progress. In fact, he said that it was it was done um more than better than they had dreamed of it was done so well now if the interview was in 1985 and he said that the process had he had seen the process develop the 14 years he was in that means that this process began like 1970 think about it y'all think about it And look where we are, okay? I'm gonna give you another tidbit, and then I'm gonna play this thing to show you how the Trump supporters had literally decided that they were gonna separate themselves from Democrats and those who think like them. This is how serious this is in our country. This is how divided this nation is right now. So I'm gonna give you a little information, the name of the, the clip is uh, the American Redoubt Trump voters building a new state this is a documentary done by the Times so stay with me and we'll be right back with you
2: attention Patriots broadcasting from the free zones Radio Free Redoubt begins in
1: 5, 4, 3. A scenic part of the United States nestled against the Canadian border in the Pacific Northwest. The city of Coeur d'Alene sits by the edge of a beautiful lake and is surrounded by tree-clad hills. It is also one of the least diverse places in the country, with 90% of the population being white. More recently, it has become the place where a lot of unhappy Trump voters, conservative Christians and supporters of the second amendment have come to live in what is known as the American Redoubt. The Redoubt is a movement of people from across the United States who want to live together under shared ideals of small government, self-sufficiency and Christian principles. I've come here to find out if it also encourages domestic terrorism, religious extremism and the formation of a white ethno-state.
3: We. We were very unhappy with the, the government in California, the direction it was going. It was becoming more and more of a nanny state. At the time, the Republicans and Democrats in Sacramento, the capital, were fairly balanced. That began to change. And at, eventually it got to the point the Republicans were, they were sort of the party of no. You know, the Democrats would propose something. They had enough Republicans to stop it. And then that went away and the Republicans show up. They get paid for doing nothing because they can't get anything done. That was pretty much a death knell as far as we are concerned about freedom in California. So we came up here in uh, Labor Day of 10 and looked around. We knew kind of what to expect politically. We said, this is what we need to be. So three weeks later, we came back, looked at a few houses and bought this one. What's interesting is that a number of years ago, Idaho was a blue state, and Kootenai County was a blue county, and then people started getting in here and saying, you know, this is not the way to do it, and there were enough people who came here, got registered to vote, and said, we want to see changes. So tell me about what happened when the election results were announced. Oh, well, uproar would be putting it mildly. Um, The people that we hang with are politically astute. We pay attention to what's going on. And the numbers did not add up. And they would already talk about what was going on and most people said, no, that's something's gone on here. So there was a tremendous amount of anger. Um, there still is. People say, well let it go no this is my country what has happened joe biden and his minions are leading this country down the road to perdition that's how we look at it he is there illegally and i am not ashamed to say that i will tell that to anybody what he has done is wrong
2: attention patriots broadcasting from the free zones radio free redoubt begins in five four Three.
0: Now, ain't that a bitch? Really? Now, think about this for a minute, y'all. Did you hear all the buzzwords and hatred toward the Democrats? Don't forget the makeup of the Democratic Party includes a lot of minorities and a lot more minorities than are within the Republican Party. Also, you notice that the area is now 90% white. That's clearly separating yourself from other races. You have to also notice he said that people there are light minded and politically astute and do keep in mind now they have supposed to have these very conservative christian values so i guess people of color living close to them their christian values say they must move away from these folks Okay. You heard it all right there. You said it all right there in that little short clip, but go check out the full documentary. All right, cause there's much more to this. They do get to the religious part of it. They do interview uh, local pastors there. And just listen to all the, we used to call them buzzwords or code words. They're saying out out front, without doubt. If you're not like-minded, if you don't have our conservative Christian values, that's what they tell you, we don't want you here. But your area is 90% white. That tells me you don't want to be near any black, brown, or indigenous people if you don't have to. He said the election numbers didn't add up. According to the US Labor Department, when they put out their uh, labor statistics, uh, they are saying that the American workforce is 160 million people. Well, if I remember the election results, Trump had 78 million and Biden had 82 million. And when you add those two together, guess what it comes to? 160. So how is it the numbers don't add up? But do keep in mind I have said repeatedly that the president is selected, not elected. And Trump knows this, but that's another podcast. So I want you guys to pay attention to some things and start weaving some things together. In my last podcast, I also covered uh, critical theory and fascism, fascism. Uh, Critical theory, it's all about fascism or Marxism, I should say, which will lead to fascism. So critical race theory, and I told you, I believe that Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene threw a smoke bomb out there with critical race theory just to get people out there talking about something that It's not what they say it is, but critical theory was born right, well, not born, but it was done right here in the United States at Columbia University in New York City and has been there since 1933. Google it, check out critical theory. You begin to see that. And again, this all ties back to what uh, uh, Besbinov is saying is that first step of demoralization understand that all these things have to happen and when we get into the next steps you begin to see why they must happen the way they happen because it will begin to make sense and you will begin to see the entire thing and how they do this okay so uh i'm gonna wrap that right there and we're gonna Jump in for a quick OG minute, and I'll try to go ahead and wrap up today's podcast with a little information. Uh, I got a, a definite movie you got to check out, and, I, and I've, I've been trying to keep these things under an hour, and I do apologize since I'm not being very successful at that, but uh, I'm trying. I'm trying, because I got a lot here on my plate. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to the OG Minute, and we'll get everybody out. Of here. One moment. An OG Minute. All right, I am back with you in tonight's OG Minute. We're going to talk a little bit about uh what the program is about and the agenda items again i will get through this as quickly as i possibly can at the top of the program i said i'm building an intelligent agenda for liberation of african and indigenous people here in the united states of america my goal is to dismantle white white supremacy But you gotta first to understand that before we can get into any of that, due to our current conditions, we're not fit to hold power. Now what you're talking about, Carlos? Why are you being so tough on us? We must start with self, self reflection, self atonement, self study, self change, and it will lead to self empowerment. To build to what, to, uh, I'm sorry, to build on the agenda items for empowerment, the very first thing is we must do what I just spoke about. Uh, strengthen relationships. Uh, relationships must be strong and based on mutual respect and trust, communications, friendship common understanding between men and women of life goals. The reason for strong relationships will produce strong families. Men and women, we must raise ourselves and our standards. We must return to a moral, moral, natural lifestyle and consciousness. We must pray, meditate, work out, do yoga, uh, to put our mind, body, and soul in sync. We must learn crafts and trades, professional skills to build what we need in the community. We must first learn who we are and our place in the world. Understand our world, our real world, not the one you see created through education and media. Um, I'm going to go ahead and leave that list right there. The next time we uh, convene, uh, we will go ahead and get into the other Four items I have on the list. Again, as a reminder, I want to remind everybody of what's going on. The National Black United Front here in Kansas City, Missouri, has announced our annual Kwanzaa program from December 26th to December 31st at the Jim Theater at 1615 East 18th Street here in Kansas City, Missouri. The last day of Kwanzaa, January First, we'll move over to the Nefetiri Ballroom at 1314 Quindera Boulevard in K- Kansas City, Kansas. For more information, you can go to a uh, Facebook page of In Like Nancy, B-U-F Buff, B-U-F-K-C. I also have a section of what I watch. Guys, y'all need to check this one out, man. This is uh is on Amazon. It's the cotton picking truth still on the plantation. Uh which really just blew me away when I saw that title. I just to me I just couldn't wrap my brain around what was what you mean still on the plantation. But for real, y'all man, this is like uh crazy scary this is a doc doc documentary y'all this ain't no uh, movie or anything like this this is straight up documentary and uh man it's uh i'm telling you it's scary let me just read this thing to you real quick quick again you can find this on amazon prime the cotton picking truth still on the plantation uh is a documentary film that calls for rewriting of American history as we know it. The film uncovers modern day slavery in Mississippi Delta in 2009. As a result of the film's exposure to many uh, dedicated Mississippians, the state of Mississippi ratified the 13th Amendment in totality in February of 2013. Director of this documentary is uh, Timothy A. Smith. It has Dick Gregory, Charles Ogletree and May Louise Miller are in the documentary. And let me just go back and make sure y'all caught this. The film uncovers modern day slavery in the Mississippi Delta in 2009. As a result of the film's exposure to many dedicated Mississippians, the state of Mississippi ratified the 13th Amendment in totality in February of 2013. Yeah, y'all, y'all, you y'all, y'all gotta let that one sink in for me, cause that just blew me away. That is available on Amazon. What I read: "Trust No Shadows After Dark: African American Genocide in the United States of America" by Walter Vincent Brooks. Now, uh, I have to admit, I'm a little bit partial to this because I know this brother and I know this brother well. I produced. Uh, the Brooks report for this brother, uh, for about five to seven years. Uh, and now that I have the book and I had a chance to go through the book brother, the book is laying out the blueprint from Nazi Germany on how they exterminated the Jews. Then show you how they used the economy, judiciary, judicious, excuse me, judicial system, education, and city planning to entrap the black community, isolate it, and then turn it on itself. That is a micro level look as what's going on with African-Americans. What Yuri Bezmenov is showing you is explaining the same process, but he's explaining it on a macro level. This is being done to everyone. Hope y'all understand that, but do check out the book, Trust No Shadows After Dark, After American Genocide, in the United States of America, again, by Walter Vincent Brooks. You can go to the AF American Bookstore, that is A-F-R, the word American, bookstore.com, go to their catalog, and type in trust no shadows after dark and you can purchase the book and have the book delivered directly to your home. With that, we are now past that magic one hour hour I was trying to keep this down to. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up everyone. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the information that I shared with you and you begin begin to see how our society has been social engineered and and demoralized to the point to where we are in today's society it doesn't take much all you got to do is turn on your radio and listen to what the music is saying all you got to do is check out the kids listen to how they talk what they're talking about uh, it's all about fashion uh, nonsense about music it's it's just talk to your kids y'all talk to your kids you'll get an idea over it where all this is going for. If you're my age and you have grandchildren or great-grandchildren, talk to them. You'll see the process in them. Okay? We're trying to wake you up. We're trying to show you the full plan. We're trying to dismantle white supremacy. With that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up tonight's program. We'll see you in about a week. I'm out of here. Have a great evening. This is your host, Carlos Carr, and I must make a correction in my presentation this evening. I incorrectly referred to the inventor of the cell phone battery and the cell phone towers uh, as african American. I want to correct that immediately and give the correct information. I was thinking about uh, Henry Sampson, who actually invented invented the gamma electric cell. Uh, Sampson's gamma electric cell made it possible uh, to wirelessly send and receive audio signals through the radio wave. Uh, so, his invention made cell phones possible, okay? Because he was able to now send audio through radio waves uh, that also give him credit uh, for text, because that same system is used for text. So, again, I stand corrected. It was not a black person that created the uh, the um, ion battery, Um, my fault. And it was not a black person that created the towers and kept the cell phone connected from tower to tower. This is what I was speaking of. Henry Sampson. Thank you.